Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. We also have co-hosts Dr. Tim Hayes and Michelle Pichet. We will share with you the wisdom of the first century Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. We offer tools and support five days a week. We will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love in Aramaic, Brachna. Michael is the author of the book, Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information about the forgiveness process, please visit www.whyagain.org. And now, welcome to the show, Mind Shifters Radio. Hello and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio. I'm Tim Hayes. I'm your host for the first hour, and today is Friday, February 10th, 2023. As always, we're grateful to everyone who's joining us here today, whether you're listening live or through the archives, as we spend another couple of hours teaching and supporting people in using some of the most powerful, effective, efficient, and accessible tools I've ever encountered. These tools are available absolutely free through the tireless efforts of Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice on the website at whyagain.org. If you go to that website and click on the two words that say Start Here in the upper left-hand corner, it will take you to a page where you can download and read Chapter 24 of Dr. Michael Rice's book. His book is titled Why Is This Happening to Me Again? And that chapter of the book contains a narrative description and explanation of the primary tool in this work. That tool is called the Reality Management Worksheet, sometimes called the Reality Management Wake-Up Sheet. And it's a tool I've been using to great effect for over 18 years to improve the quality of my life and most of my relationships and to turn any negative emotional experience I have into part of the infallible guidance system that each and every one of us has been given. You can also download the actual worksheet process itself. It's a simple PDF file. Click the link, download it, print it off, copy it as often as you'd like, and use it over and over again absolutely free. You can also go to your app store and type in the three words, Heartland Aramaic Forgiveness. If you choose to do that before you're done typing the word forgiveness, you'll see the glowing heart icon. Tapping on that will let you download a completely free and private app that contains the Reality Management Worksheet. It contains an abbreviated version of that worksheet process and a copy of the Dragon Klingon game, which is a wonderful way to introduce these tools to even younger audiences. We hope people do all of that soon and often, primarily because it tends to improve the quality of people's lives when they apply these tools in their lives And secondarily, because it also tends to lead to comments, questions, answers, testimonials. If you have any of those to share with us, please give us a call at 563-999-3581. And do that and press 1. It will put the little icon of a hand by your phone number. I know that you'll want to talk, and I'll turn on the microphone and announce you by your area code. Alternatively, you can send us an email. You can email me at tjh at mindshifters-academy.org 
And you can email Jeannie at J-E-A-N-I-E at whyagain.org. That's W-H-Y-A-G-A-I-N.org. And we appreciate it whenever anybody does that because it makes it far easier for us to live into our intention with this work when people let us know how we can be of service. Our intention is to be of service, and it makes it far easier for us to live into that intention when people give us the guidance about what is most, we'll say, relevant to them in either what we're doing or what we might do. If, we, if there's a way we can change direction to present something differently, answer your questions about the worksheet process or answer your questions about worksheets that have or been done on the show earlier this year, perhaps help you formulate a worksheet or perhaps help you formulate a targeted journaling phrase that you might use. Area code 828, you're in the air. Is this Magda? Yes, it is Magda. <laughs> Hello, Dr. Welcome. Tim. Um, thank you. I am driving at the moment, so what I would like to do is to ask my question and then just listen um, to your answer so that I can make sure I have my attention on the road. Um, I really appreciated the worksheet you did yesterday because the subject of the worksheet um, was uh, yourself. And and then I'm going to ask a question, and it may, I hope it isn't too vague. I often end up doing worksheets on myself where I am the trigger for myself, a belief I have, for instance, um, being a trigger. And... I also often get confused. Um, yeah, I don't know how to ask this question. Okay, I'm working on it. So when, when we begin the worksheet, we're coming from a space where we are not operating in, in uh, the presence of love. We are not being the presence of love. Um, and so... That is that also is the part of myself that I'm addressing when I'm the trigger. And can you explain to me, as if I've never heard it before, um, how to do a worksheet when you are your own trigger? Okay, how to do it in regards to... Um... <clears throat> the goal you set at the end or how to do it in terms of the goal you're creating in step three? For me, it's how to keep it straight that this is a part of the non-loving part of me that I'm, I'm working with. I, seem to, I guess the, the wording on the worksheet doesn't help me remember that. And I have to keep reminding okay, well, myself. One of the, 
One of the things I've heard over the years from people that are working on this and trying to understand it is um, uh, my mind wants to to, um, put Jeannie Rice's voice to this, but it might have been uh, Julie Haverstack or somebody else over the years. But one of the ways some people approach it is to say, I'm going to separate out my wounded self, my troubled self, my non-being self from my capital S, my soul, my higher self, my wisdom. And so I understand that, you know, in in the big picture, I'm a lot more than just my ego. But when my ego right. is operating, it leaves me feeling something less than love. And so I'm doing the worksheet as though I'm stepping back and watching this wounded part of me. And so I have a goal for the wounded part of me to act differently. Or the wounded part of me has a goal for itself or another, you know, a higher self to step in and wave a magic wand and make everything better. So I don't know if that helps, you know, specifically, you know, I... I tend to just tell people, when that happens, if it slows you down in doing the worksheet, it's probably just resistance. It's probably some part of your mind that doesn't want to explore what you need to see to heal and move forward. And so, you know, especially because most of the time people aren't working with an outside coach. Mm Mm-hmm they're doing the worksheets on their own or they're doing it with some other friend who isn't, you know, some master worksheet um, analyzer. And so I say, well, the simple way around this is to just put anything down as the goal and anything down as the thought that creates the emotion and anything down as the emotion and just move through it as though it's the perfect thing. Even if you know, you you might you might say, Oh yeah, but then there's some negativity in the goal or you know, what if this thought isn't the perfect thought to generate this emotion? The good news about this is you don't have to pay per worksheet. They're absolutely <laughs> free to do. And you can do an endless number of them. And so what I recommend people do is just you know, throw it at the wall and see what sticks. I like that. That's that's good. That's good, especially because in the process of doing the rest of the worksheet, very often the real issue comes up or another issue. So things are revealed that I don't know at the beginning. I like that. Throw it at the wall but not at the ceiling. <laughs> okay, well. I'm, I'm laughing. I'm laughing. You, you must do your own house cleaning. Um, no, I was uh, I was on a, a a trip once upon a time with a group of people, and, and this gal whose night it was to make dinner decided to make spaghetti, and she was just in a very joyous mood. 
And I think she'd had a little wine probably, and she decided to. <laughs> he was going to test the spaghetti and see if it was done. She threw it up at the ceiling, and it stuck. <laughs> so she had some house cleaning to do. Anyway, yeah. don't throw it at the ceiling. Okay. All right. All right. I like it. Yeah. In other words, I don't have to do every worksheet perfectly. Oh, no, that that would be okay. uh, another good worksheet to do, right? Yeah. I have All right. I, I have the belief or I have upset whenever I, I I believe I didn't do the worksheet perfectly. That would be a good worksheet yeah. to do. Sounds perfect. <laughs> to coin a new word. <clears throat> All right. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Jim. Um, I will loosen up about it and just relax a little bit more. Okay. Great, and I shall listen to the rest of the, the show. It was a great workshop you right. did yesterday. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, you're Blessings. very welcome. Thank you. Blessings. And I'll just mute you so you can listen in. And we have plenty of time for comments, questions. You know, the, Here's the thing about the worksheet process that I find so valuable is that process that bypasses my conscious logical mind. And some people don't see that. Some people literally throw this tool away because they say, oh, it's too intellectual for me. And when that happens, my mind is telling me what they did is they got stuck in the first three steps of the worksheet. And they didn't realize that that's just there to be clear about what I am doing with my conscious logical mind and with the garbage that's been programmed into my intellect and with the traumas of my family and and my personal life that are twisting my perception and having me identify with thoughts. And the purpose of the first three steps of the worksheet is to put it on paper, get more clear about it, so I can sweep it aside, so I can recognize that this is what's causing my pain, that the misapplication of the process of thought is what's causing my pain and suffering or my negative emotion. And I sweep it aside, and the core of the worksheet is to tap into something other than my conscious logical thought or the processing of my intellect or whatever pictures my mind is showing me when my traumas have been resonated by whatever interpretation I've chosen and placed on life events. So the benefit to me of the worksheet process is that it has me specify what I'm doing with my conscious logical mind and then release my attachment to it, cancel my need to be right about it, put it aside for the time being, and open myself to some other aspect of sensing and perceiving. You know, David Martin wrote a book, Lizards Eat Butterflies, and one of the things he says in that book is that we have 12 cranial nerves and there's a cranial nerve for each of the five senses that we consider the hard science senses sight sound touch taste and smell 
but we have 12 cranial nerves. So he, he, he inquires about, he opens up to the possibility, what if we have an actual sense, a way to perceive the world, other than these five senses that we've been identified with and trained into, and there's one for each of the 12 cranial nerves. So there are other more fluid, more ephemeral, more intuition-based senses that we as human beings can tap into or can learn to develop because basically the wiring is there in the brain for it. And maybe at one time before we got too heavily focused on language and logic and what a lot of people call science, maybe many of us operated in greater awareness and greater facility for these other senses. Well, whether that's true or not, in every worksheet process, I make the space for myself to open up to feeling or sensing something other than what my conscious logical mind or the five senses that we call, you know, so the gross senses, the the most apparent, the most solidly physical senses that we have and what they will show me. And while it's one of the great benefits of the worksheet process, it's also something that makes the worksheet process quite a challenge for most of us because most everybody that I know, certainly everybody that was raised in this culture, has been programmed to rely almost exclusively on conscious logical mind thought. So, for instance, when I do a worksheet and I cancel the thought and cancel the goal and ask to be shown the hidden part of my mind and I do that little forgiveness pattern and I let things bubble up, just let them be what they're going to be. The first thing that happens after I relax into my breath is that my mind wants to try and make sense of what impressions I got or why I flashed back to something at three years old or 12 years old or 27. And that is a trap. Michael Rice talks about it as the number one pseudo-solution of the non-being mind. I want to figure it out. And when I go down the path that my mind wants me to to tramp down, this thoughts about what's what's the meaning? How is it logically connected? That's a trap. For example, I, I did a worksheet 
yesterday, and I said I would do the follow-up on it. And the, the worksheet yesterday began with a um, the, the emotion in the worksheet was um, anger. And at the end of the worksheet, when I'd canceled the goal and all the thoughts about what had been going on, I was left with a felt sense of fear. And the dynamic was that I was three years old, a little over three years old, and my sister was born in the hospital and delayed coming home because she was sickly. And then when they finally brought her home, they wouldn't let us near her. She was quarantined. And I have a specific memory of being at the end of a long hallway. It seemed long to me as three years old. And my mom came out of the bedroom where she was quarantined with my sister and just held my sister up for us to see her. But we couldn't get close to her. We couldn't hug her. We couldn't kiss her. We couldn't do all the stuff that this very loving family I was raised in had trained me and conditioned me to do. And I remember that that scenario, whether it's a you know manufactured memory or not, I specifically have this memory. It's the only memory I have of being three years old. And in that worksheet, my anger was because they wouldn't, let me go love on my sister because they wouldn't accept what I knew that all was needed here was love and that would heal everything, etc. And when I canceled that thought and that goal in that image and saw myself, I just visualized the image of myself at three standing there desperate to go hug and, and love on my sister, I became aware of this feeling of fear inside of me as I imagined what would happen the more I tried to insist I have to go hug that baby and my parents would say no it's not safe we know better than you and how my response to their irritation or frustration was fear so today I was doing that worksheet on fear very same situation, visualizing myself as the three-year-old, only now the thought I'm using to create the fear is if I don't give up my insistence on love, my parents are going to reject me and abandon me, and I won't survive. So when I cancel that thought and cancel the goal, the goal was for my parents to agree with me about the true nature of love and accept me in all circumstances. And when I canceled that thought and goal, and asked to be shown the hidden part of my own mind, and I was doing the forgiveness pattern, I was sitting here with my eyes closed, safe and secure in my office, I I had non-stop yawning, non-stop yawning with tears in my eyes. So I shook it off two or three times, went back to the patter, 
said, I cancel my need to be right. I cancel my need for anyone or anything to change, including myself. And then I would yawn right in the middle of it. Now, again, this is like the, the worksheet I would done the other day where I, it's, it's morning time. I've had a really good night's sleep. I've been awake and active. It's not like I just got out of bed and I'm, I'm trying to shake off the sleep. And it was directly a response to some kind of processing in this worksheet. And now, if I'm doing this in a support group, what I, what I know, what I've had happen in the past is I have all kinds of people speculating, what do you think that's about? Why do you think you're yawning? And my offering for today is going down the path of trying to figure out why I'm yawning is a trap. That this worksheet, the power of the worksheet process, like the power of the EFT tapping and the power of the neuroemotional technique, is to bypass the conscious logical mind and all of those thoughts and rationalizations. So, I shook it off once or twice. I went back to the patter. I asked to be shown the hidden part of my mind, and I just kept yawning. And about the third time that I had tried my eyes and restarted the patter, and then the yawns just happened again, full force, strong yawning, I just took a breath and scanned my body and said, okay, here here in, in 6A, what I now feel is I'm blank. And I put I just wrote the words blank hyphen nonstop yawning. And then I moved on with the rest of the worksheet. And my goal in number seven is to do another worksheet on this fear and just repeat the process. Now, my thoughts are saying, Okay, if I do this again and I just hit a wall and I'm yawning or I feel like I'm falling asleep, maybe after that I'll do a round of EFT tapping on the fear. Or maybe I'll do a mind shifter about how it's safe and healing for me to see all the dynamics that were involved when I was three years old and felt pressured to give up on love. But for now, the key for me is to just refuse to use the intellect to try and analyze why you're yawning and what you might be hiding from yourself, etc., or what I might be hiding from myself, etc. What I've learned over the years is when I hit a wall like this and I go blank or unconscious or I feel like I'm falling asleep, and I've, I've reported on this a number of times over the years on the Internet show, that I would start doing um, a worksheet, and I'm four or five worksheets into it, and in each worksheet I feel like I just fell asleep, and I'm actually checking the clock to make sure I didn't, pass out temporarily and sleep for 10 minutes. And then eventually, when, when whatever the, the yawning or the fatigue or the passing out gets so strong, I just give in and go to sleep or go to bed. Or, you know, if it happens at a time when I you know, have other things to do in the day, that I just move on with my day. And then eventually, when I come back to that, target and that goal and that emotion in those worksheets, I eventually break through and I get some kind of a revelation about what it was that I was going unconscious about. 
the key for me is not to figure it out. The key for me is to keep doing the, the tool, whatever the tool is, whether it's the EFT tapping or the reality management worksheet or Byron Katie's worksheet or a breath session. The key, which has provided so much benefit for me over the years, is to just be willing to keep applying the tool. and to resist the temptation or the programmed urge to try to figure it out, to get the conscious logical mind involved. So I hope that's useful. I uh, don't have any great big um, powerful revelations to share because as I just described when I went to do those worksheets, I just kept literally yawning and getting completely absorbed in the fact that my eyes were watering and my jaw muscles were tight and I felt like, well, I should just go lay down and take a nap. And my way of understanding that is I'm just going unconscious. I'm just responding to the body saying, no, Tim, what you want to look at here, we don't think you're ready to look at it yet. And as I just continue to do use the tools, and the way I like to talk about it is I take an action, which is doing an EFT tapping session or doing a worksheet or doing the mind shifter targeted journaling. I take an action that lines up with the words I'm saying when I say I want to see the hidden fearful part of my mind. And over time... The fact that I keep taking an action that's in alignment with my words convinces the fearful part of my mind that it really is okay to let me see what that part of my mind has been hiding from me. And until that part of my mind is convinced that it's okay, it will not yield because it believes it is protecting me Every part of my mind, as it's functioning, developed, this is just one really good way to think about it, that every part of my mind that's functioning developed at a time when it was working, doing its best to help me in a difficult situation. So... Whenever I have difficulty recalling something or I do a worksheet like this and I go blank, I just make the assumption, okay, there's some part of my mind that's still fearful that I'm not ready or willing or able to be okay if I become aware of what this part of my mind is hiding from me. And I get gentle with myself. I speak directly to those fearful or wounded parts of me or I speak directly to the energy of fear or anger or hurt, and the part of me that's feeling it most intensely, and again, with gentleness and reverence for the process, I allow it to be what it is, and I just re-engage the tools. With compassion for myself and compassion for the 
younger parts of me that might be sitting somewhere in my consciousness terrified to have me see what they've already lived through. So call in number is 563-999-3581. Call that number and press 1. We can have a conversation. We had a support group last night, and we had some powerful sharing about how difficult it is to be caring for parents when they are declining and how challenging it can be, especially when it starts to trigger or resonate old, unproductive patterns between us and those parents. And then we watched a Guy Finley lecture about understanding that every negative reaction we have is simply our wounded parts being revealed to us. And that unless we can enter a state of willingness to embrace, explore, understand, and be gentle with our negative reactions and the part of us that wants to justify those negative reactions, unless we can do that, we don't grow. We don't, we don't expand. We don't learn about ourselves and we don't change in any substantive way. which is the same message that we use to step into the use of a worksheet. It's the understanding that everything I'm experiencing is an internal creation. And if it wasn't an internal creation, it would be completely useless to do a worksheet because the worksheet doesn't change anyone or anything outside of me. The worksheet is specifically focused on my internal processing. And so, as Guy Finley was trying to point out in his lecture, since it's all an inside job, every rationalization I have about how someone or something outside of me is responsible for my situation is a trap. And I'm I'm literally, I've been conditioned by my culture to not just fall into traps, but to, to search for them and jump into them as though they are a solution. That's what we do with our thought. That's why David Bohm coined the term sustained incoherence. Sustain, to sustain something means to keep it going. And incoherence means something that doesn't make any sense. So we are sustaining a process that doesn't make sense, that creates our pain and discomfort, and then uses the very same process that creates our pain and discomfort 
in in a in a focused way with the bizarre thought that if I keep doing whatever it is that causes my pain and fear and sadness and hurt, that my pain and fear and sadness and hurt will go away. Literally crazy. And it's crazy-making for all of us because we don't really want to be suffering. And so when we think we've got a solution, even if the solution in a hidden way is making our situation worse, we will keep applying that solution in our lives because we think incorrectly that it might someday lead to relief or results that are positive. So there are endless different ways to say it, and yet it's all the same thing. All these deep spiritual teachings that are are true, are they're just observing the same thing. So they'll be using slightly different words or images. But the bottom line is always the same. This is how we function as human beings. We choose an interpretation for life events. We pour our mind energy into that set of interpretations. And whenever that mind energy resonates with some traumatic energy or belief inside of us, we start to feel the negative emotions that go along with those thoughts. If we change our interpretation, if we shift the focus of our mind energy, it's, it's like magic how fast things shift and change for us. So 563-999-3581. What's on your mind? What was your response to Susan's very honest, open sharing yesterday? What was the the reaction you had to hearing her share her thoughts? And what what some would say risk being so open. You know, we've had people routinely on the uh, in the support groups say how valuable it is to listen to somebody else share. And we know the value of sharing, and yet we're all living in a culture in either either families or cultural um, uh, value systems that say it's dangerous to share. Well, I just want to raise this question for you. If so many people, you included, find it to be so highly valuable when somebody else does some open, honest sharing, how could it, in reality, be dangerous? The answer, of course, is, in reality, it's not dangerous. It can't be dangerous. 
in reality, who you are as a person is not harmed, chipped, dented, rusted, faded, or broken in any way, even when somebody else holds a negative opinion of you. That's the truth of our lives. We have been programmed with many, many beliefs that are not true. It's dangerous. It's risky. It's awkward. It's embarrassing. As though a particular action carries with it the power to, cre- to create the emotion of embarrassment in someone. And yet we know that's not the way it works. We can actively demonstrate that to ourselves with direct observation on a regular basis. How so? Because there are... There are and they were afraid of being embarrassed or humiliated. And in this training video, what the the person would do would have the students gather on the campus. This is out west on the west coast, sunny, warm. And they would have them gather at a place out in in the common area where there's all kinds of students walking to and from classes, etc., and then have them do things, specifically do things, that no one else would be doing. Like lay down right in the middle of the sidewalk, or do a silly dance, or wear ridiculous clothes. Just to demonstrate that these things can be done without the process of humiliation getting initiated. And it was fascinating because for some of those people, they would experience it and then they would write it off and say, well, the only reason I could do this this way is because my professor told me it was an assignment. That's how... I can do it without feeling all the embarrassment. But if it wasn't an assignment, I wouldn't be able to do it. Just think about that. Think about the mental gymnastics that a person has to go through to argue for the fact that an outside activity causes their emotions. Even after it's been demonstrated to them that they can do that activity without having the emotion. We have a tremendous capacity to generate rationalizations. And yet, whenever our rationalizations lead to any kind of tension or negative emotion or negative thought, we can fully know that they are false, that they are in error. 
So 563-999-3581. This is a Friday. We're going to have a couple days of no shows, and we'll be back on Monday. But in the interim, I will be doing a series of worksheets on that fear and or targeted journaling, the mind shifter, on how it's safe and healing for me to see all the factors involved in that fear when I was three years old. And I will report on that on Monday. And the reason for me to do that is because now that I know, and I started to feel that fear yesterday, now that I know that that's in me and it's specifically resonating with thoughts about staying consciously, actively focused on love in the moment, and that that is somehow connected in my mind with a a survival-level fear, I want to do some work there. I want to release that attachment. I want to change that internal wiring in my thought or my emotional energy system so that those two are no longer paired together. I hope that makes sense. I want to be able to actively pursue conscious, present awareness of my true nature as love and my ability to extend that to everyone and everything I interact with. And I cannot do that with ease as long as there is a deep, conditioned response within me between staying focused on conscious, active, present love and having survival-level terror triggered in my system. So there's my motivation for doing continued worksheets and or a mind shifter on this particular memory and the emotions involved. It is pretty much the opposite of an intellectual exercise. It's about a felt sense of the difficulty that I experience when I try to remain consciously, actively focused on my true nature as love, each new present moment. So, area code 541, you're in the air. Is this Solinda? Yes, it is. I uh, appreciate welcome Um, I appreciate everything that uh, that you've been saying today and also uh, Magda's phone call which was very helpful and your response to it and I thought I would share with you what uh, number six showed me um 
in in light of doing the worksheet along with you. Um, just I knew at the moment that I needed to do it along with you because something resonated in me of uh, uh, a similarity to what you were saying. Um, I have mentioned before about when I was three years old and I first told I told my first lie to my mom. And what I realized that came up that thought came up again. <clears throat> and also a later thought when I was maybe twelve or so when I overheard her saying that um I'd only had one temper tantrum in my life and she spanked my little legs and so I fell over and um and she was so proud of herself for being such a good mother because she had taken care of that two-year-old temper tantrum. So I made a connection between the two parts, even though I don't remember that event. I remember her telling me at 12 how she saw it. And um, my uh, awareness was that I thought, one, it was terror as yours was, and um, I concluded in that little body, mind, that my mom was dangerous and that um, she would hurt me and she would also stop loving me if I told the truth. But I think overlaying the loving was that she would hurt me. And so that's where my future worksheets are going. Um, one of the things that came up also was that I realized that I took the victim role, um, whereas others take the power role in life. You know, like they're going to be super achievers or... They're going to uh, be perfect, which I had to be too, and I was going to be perfect by not doing anything, not trying anything, not risking anything. And so I'm looking at that, and another awareness that came up was that I have several areas from my past where I didn't show up with love, and I didn't show up with the truth, either because mostly because I was afraid of being abandoned, but also because at times I was afraid of being hurt or harmed. And so I thought I'd share that with you because now I have um, some insights to continue further worksheets off of this one. And I also enjoyed, uh, actually enjoyed your uh, expression of how you went unconscious this morning and I uh, now I have a better grasp of that and like you now I can look into other tools either within the Aramaic gospel tools or with some of the EFT tapping or some of these other tools that you talked about so thank you very much also the whole explanation of about how this is not an intellectual process, which I had thought it was. So I just wanted to share all of those gratitudes with you so that I can pick myself up, brush myself off, and uh, continue on with 
my worksheets. I'm going to get a bunch of the ones printed out of the latest worksheet and a couple of the other old worksheets that are very simple. And I will um, I will throw it against the wall again. All right. Well, good luck with that. Feel free to let us know what kind of progress you make. Right. Anything else I for just, you to share uh, today? Only that I did my first uh, responsibility communication and um, truth um, amends making uh, letter. And when I get it typed up, I shall send it off. So um, I will keep doing that because that keeps coming up. I have issues around my throat, and um, uh, you may be, you are probably aware of the seven chakras, and the throat is the chakra of the will center. And what I did was abdicate my will, um, whoever that power person might be who showed up along the road of my life. So, okay, well, the other thing you might want to consider is that when there's throat issues that you know, a little bit more direct, simple. Uh, okay, what is it that I want to express that I'm afraid to express, or what is it that my my fearful part of me doesn't want to say that needs to be said, and just very directly. <laughs> yeah. Or at yeah, least write yeah, about right. it, right? Right. Exactly. All right. Reveal so to myself. Gonna... Thank you. All right. I'm going to mute you and turn on the microphone for Anne. We've got about five minutes left. I believe this is Anne 760. Yes. Yeah, this is quick. Um, When you were talking about the students did an assignment thing, I had learned that, but I'm grateful that you reminded me of that with your scenario today because um, it was a – some kind of syndrome where the babies fall asleep and they don't know why. Anyway, it was a, a thing for that, and we wore a red nose, a plastic red nose over our nose, and I went out in public with that, and I found, well, you know, there wasn't anybody saying anything about it, so it must be okay. So I have learned to, on occasion, then um, wear things mismatched, you know, because I thought, hey, everything should match. Anyway, um, so that has given me a little bit of freedom that way, but I, I'm glad now I've heard it again because it reminded me, okay, wait, so then there should be no fear about sharing, you know, some other things that at some point I, I will. The other thing I want to say quick, if Magda is still on or still listening, what I've done when I do it on myself before that seems to have worked, I use my, I use in the first name at the top, and. Okay, but then I was called by my full name when, you know, my mom called me for whatever reason or sometimes I was in trouble, then I used my full name. So I'll put my full name and Charlotte, that she's the trigger, and that seemed to help. So I just thought I'd throw that out. All right. Thank you. You're very welcome and deserving. Thanks for the call. I'll mute you and you can listen in to the second hour if that's your desire. We're down to just a a few minutes before the switchover, if Michael and Jeannie are on time. <clears throat> Again, thanks, Linda, for your calls and comments, and Anne for your comments and questions, and Susan for your work yesterday. And 
I will remind us that we have a weekend coming up. We'll be back on Monday, and we'll have reports about the ongoing work that we've outlined. Please feel free to join us and or spread the news to a friend. And um, and keep using the tools to whatever degree you're comfortable doing it because my personal life experience has been it is a powerful way to improve the quality of my life. So we're grateful to everyone who's here. Please remember if you have any comments or questions and you want to reach us when we're not on live, you can email me at tjh at mindshifters-academy.org or you can email Jeannie at j-e-a-n-i-e at yagain.org. That's w-h-y-a-g-a-i-n dot o-r-g. And I'll remind us all that we come from love. We're made of this stuff that we call love. We actually are the energy of creation expressing in form that many call love and everything else is false. Welcome, Jeannie Rice. Trying to turn on your microphone. Are you there, Jeannie? Well, maybe she's mute challenged. Maybe she's not yet ready to pick up the phone. Maybe we're having blog talk difficulties. I'm wondering if I can be heard because it seems like the switchboard has frozen. So, I will I will see what can be seen about I'm sitting here talking to myself because I was muted. My apologies. (laughs) So welcome to the second hour of Mind Shifters Radio. And today is Friday, February the 10th, 2023. And our call-in number is 563-999-3581. And press 1, and that puts you into queue to talk to us. We'd love to hear your comments and questions because that makes this your show. And we'll give Michael a moment to dial in. And actually, Dr. Kim's just texted me wanting to know if I'm on. So let me let him know, yes. <laughs> okay. So we uh, did a few changes on the website. So you can go out and check it out if you go to whyagain.org. And then go over to Heartland. You know, the group is going to be using the facility uh, in August, and they were wanting to know you know what heartland looked like and everything so there is actually a heartland photos page and i put out photos of the different buildings and the bell tower and examples of the food being prepped to the kitchen several pictures of ari people sitting around the dining table eating um, also the teaching in the classroom and energy field work there's just lots of pictures out there you might be in one of them. And I was able to finally, it took me a while to find the picture of the big heart. If you've ever been to Heartland in the Heart Center, 
there was a group there several years ago, and they actually created tiles. Uh, I think they were like 16-inch square tiles, and most of them are blue like water. And then they made some red ones, and they made this huge heart in the heart center out of those tiles. And it's absolutely beautiful. And actually, when they were making it, they would write in before the uh, cement uh, hardened, they would write on the back side of it, you know, like love or joy or peace or whatever. So each tile has uh, words of love into each tile. And then they put them all together. It's absolutely gorgeous. You can go out there and you can look at those pictures. They are out there now. And uh, Michael has joined us, so I'll let him bring you up to date on what's happening. And welcome, Michael. Thank you, dear heart. Welcome, everybody. Yeah, there was an awesome crew there that year. We were actually away and had no idea that that's what they were doing, but they actually set up a, a, tile, a small tile factory and manufactured these beautiful uh, colored tiles. And then there was a gentleman who was, his thing was doing tile. He kind of directed the whole operation. And he cut out of these 12-inch, or pardon me, 16-inch concrete tiles that are about, I don't know, quarter of an inch thick. He cut out this uh, 12-foot heart. So that's right on the floor of the heart center. So it was a pretty sweet to come back that year from being on the road and see what they'd done. And you know, we'd taken out, if you were in the heart center before this work was done years ago, the early early days, there were two little bathrooms in the heart center right in the the main meeting room. Well, they removed those and put a set of... Uh, how many were there, six or seven bathrooms outside of the building? So it expanded the space in the heart center and gave us more bathroom space. And uh, it's just over the years, when I talk about this, there's so many people that come to mind that dug in and and created just all kinds of unique things. You know, Patrick, bless his soul, that uh, he's moved on from his body, but... Uh, he had a vision for creating a bell tower. We'd been talking about one for years, and uh, he had a vision for doing it. And Terry Bowling, actually, when he was there, he had connected the uh, the state was re- or no, I think it was federal. It was at, on the uh, uh, on a park property. They had some bathrooms that were perfectly beautiful stone, really beautiful stonework. But they had money to spend and had to spend it, so they tore out this beautiful stonework uh, to build new bathrooms so they could spend your money. And uh, and Terry was in the right place at the right time, and he helped to do that project for them. And and they said, here you go, take it. So they, he had this gorgeous, um, I'm not even sure exactly what you'd call the stone, but uh, Patrick had the vision of creating a bell tower. So it's about... I don't know, how tall is about 16 feet tall, about um, probably 10 feet in diameter. I've never measured it, but anyway, it was pretty cool. And all the creative efforts that people have done in uh, in upgrading that property and, and getting it to be a, a platform for this work to jump off of. And uh, it looks like this summer probably the... Middle part of July, we don't have dates 
firmly set yet, but the middle part of July, we're going to do a 16-day Food Fund Forgiveness and Work Program. And then we're leaving space for a nine-day Why Is This Happening to Me Again Intensive. And then we have a group that does minor work and uh, educational work, and uh, they actually are using the forgiveness process with kids in the classroom. And so they're coming to do a 10-day intensive with a group of people. So so we're going to have some activity for the first time since 2019. Looking forward to it and excited about it. Well, pardon me, I shouldn't say some activity for the first time. Intensive activity. Because Michael Teddy was there and did a bunch of stuff on the property, and Julie's been there all along, you know, helping to keep things in shape and get grass cut and get trees cut and just all kinds of projects have been, been going on even while the center's been closed. That's actually been one of the challenges because it's uh, for the last, well, since 2019, it's been kind of a money sink with no cash flow created by it. And that's not being on the road. It's created some challenges with cash flow. But, you know, things are rocking on. We're going to do the next level of upgrade to Heartland this summer. So if you want to be part of that, let us know. Drop Jeannie an email, J-E-A-N-I-E at org. That's our website. And we uh, yesterday, Jeannie put the latest question and answer session on forgiveness onto, is it on our YouTube channel, Jeannie, the, the new one from Yinka? I actually don't have it up yet. That was next on my oh, to-do okay. list. Oh, well, your to-do list is so long. Thank you for everything you do, and when it gets done, it'll get done. But keep an eye for it. So we had a good question and answer session with the uh, Hear My Voice Book Club out of London, England, and that video uh, will be up when complete. And then uh, we actually did a session yesterday, and when we get that one from Yinka, we'll post it. We're not going to be doing, uh, you know, we usually do the second and fourth Thursday uh, with this um, Hear My Voice book club, but the woman who leads it is going to do take a week for self-care that week, so we won't be doing a session the second Thursday of the month, but we'll be back to it on the uh, second and fourth of the following month. And let's see, what else is happening? We've got, oh, we're, we're changing up. Because we've got a couple of folks in Europe participating in the uh, Mind Shifters and Still Point Breathing Club, and We've all along for the last, what, 15 or so months that the club's been going, we have done a Saturday morning at 11 o'clock Eastern time and then a Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Well, 7 p.m. ends up being, I don't know, something like 3 a.m. in London or in Spain where Julie Matthews is and where Yinka is, and they're both participants. So we've changed that up, and now our Mind Shifters and Still Point Breathing Club. Again, it will be the second Saturday of the month and the second Sunday of the month, both days at 11 a.m. So that allows folks that are six hours uh, ahead of us in time to uh, to participate at a reasonable hour and uh, and makes it a pretty reasonable time across the country. So, so that's kind of uh, what's underway. And let's see, beyond that, well, working on a, uh, a, a new book, I started to work on rewriting Why Is This Happening to Me Again, and I've been refining and refining a digital book that we're, mm, I'm not sure what the publishing time is going to be, but we're not too far away probably from publishing it, and we're going to do it digitally. 
So it'll be a digital book with all kinds of links in it. You can go to videos. You can go to audios. We're working on permissions for for some other uh, people's work, and we talk a lot about Neil Seth and and his work as neuroscience. And so we're going to be communicating with him to see if we can permission to put his video into our book, so that you'll be able to just click links and it it looks like probably we're going to put it on Amazon and it's going to be 2.99, so it'll be inexpensive. Anybody will be able to afford it. And um, and being digital, we, as we learn new things, you know, with the old "Why is this happening to me again?" book, it's 30 years old now, or pretty close to it, maybe not quite 30. And, of course, it's in print, so there's nothing we can really change about it unless we republish, which we're thinking about doing. But uh, this digital book, if we learn something new, we'll change the video link or we'll change the, the video behind the link and uh, come up with the latest information. So we'll be continuously updating it. And uh, so I hope that uh, you'll support us when we get that. One of the, the keys to getting it out there, especially through Amazon, is the number of sales that you make in a given day gives you a rating, which gives you exposure. So we'll ask you to keep that in mind, and when we're ready to publish it, we'll be putting it out there, and we'll ask everybody to pick the same day to go out and buy the book for two ninety nine, and uh, and then that'll give us a rating on Amazon, and will give us a whole lot more exposure. And so we're looking at several different things. So things are rocking on. Beyond that, of course. The whole place we're heading is to that process of forgiveness. Jeannie, do we have anybody in the phone queue with a hand up or anybody in the chat room with a thought for us? It is all quiet. Well, yesterday we had a gentleman call in and was sharing some relationship uh, information, some relationship issues. And I got a really sweet text from him this morning. And his comment was, I was someone else yesterday, but I am born again. Of course, there's a connotation of that that comes out of churchianity that is not what the real born-again experience is about, but that seeing himself in a whole new light. So maybe if Joe's out there, he'll click one and tell us more about exactly what's happening in the way of insight and process for him. And beyond that, things are rocking. And I just got a text from Julie. I don't know if she might happen to be on the show, but she was saying she couldn't download the message for uh, for the Munchifter session tomorrow. So we'll have to send it to her via WhatsApp or maybe email or maybe you've already sent an email, Jeannie. I had sent her a message uh, just saying we're changing Sunday. That's on my list Sunday. for today, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, my list, what I was doing before the show was out chopping leaves to put on the, the new garden space. We've got about 90% of the soil spread. We've got a mulch layer and a soil layer and a cardboard layer and the grasses. Uh, composting underneath the cardboard layer and uh, we're soon going to be ready for planting native species endangered species plants seeds 
if anybody happens to have, one of the things we're having a challenge with is finding them. We've been told by the Department of National Resources representative here in the state of Virginia that, uh, well, these companies, they want to deal with like, you know, big farmers are going to plant 200 acres or 500 acres or 1,000 acres. They're really not too interested in your 100 by 25 foot native species garden. So they're not going to sell to you. So I'm not sure what we're going to do about that. We're maybe just going to have to go out and dig some native plants up and replant them and nurture them and see what happens. And when we speak of native plants, it's native to um, southwest Virginia. So right. Something that's native to your state it might not be native to Virginia. So. That's another issue, and then we're finding things like there's only two clovers that are native to this area, and they're both on the endangered list, and they will not sell you the seed. I guess they're afraid that you're going to grow it and then sell it because it's endangered, but anyway. So, yeah, we're running into lots of little issues there. And the idea of what we're working on, if you haven't been on the show, we've talked about it because had a few short conversations about it is that as we've been developing our garden spaces and building soil, we've been learning, 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 and recently learned like within the last few weeks that uh, there are hundreds of different pollinators, like 500 different kinds of bees native to America. Many of them, not all of them, but many of them can only reproduce, can only create the next generation if the plant that they've co-evolved with is available to them. Like they can't, you can't just put any old plant out and, you know, this caterpillar comes along that creates a pollinating moth. And I was, I was surprised. I didn't know that moths are one of the major pollinators of the world. But if it grows, if it grew up with this plant and, you know, the builder went in and wiped that out and the farmer went in and wiped that out and they're just disappearing it, then these moths can't reproduce. I mean, literally, there's one plant they can work with and otherwise they're gone. And in the last 10 years, there's been something like 60% of insect species go, it's extinct on planet Earth, gone. And without these things, without these insects, and of course, we don't tend to have a love affair going as humans with insects, but without them, literally, we're not going to eat. Because if those pollinators aren't active, then we don't have food. So anyway, we're just, you know, one small effort here that we're doing and we're inviting and inspiring or hopefully inspiring. You can look on our webpage or on the website and whyagain.org forward slash. Jeannie, is that the link? Um, there are a couple links, and I actually put a link in the notes for today, but there's um, a Homegrown Park is one link, and then there's links to the so others from that one. So, Right. So it's whyagain.org forward slash Homegrown Park. Yes. So if you jump on that, your video links, story, pictures of what we're doing, it's just a small scale, but... At least we'll, uh, we're doing something in the direction of supporting these native species plants. 
aside from supporting human beings, functioning as love, functioning as human beings. So we're delighted that you're part of the conversation, and if you're out there in listener land and you have a thought or a question for us, something you need support with, then please push one and ask your question. I had uh, several people who were really relating to the Course in Miracles lesson that we talked about yesterday. And so I had a thought that I might, and my phone is having trouble opening. So that part of the... notes so that I can access. That material is just running slow. You did have a hand just go up. So while you're oh, looking for that, for I'm going to turn on okay. Miss Celinda, 541, you're on the air. Hello, good morning or afternoon. How are you doing? We're rocking, doing well. How about you, young lady? Yep. Um, Getting really committed to those worksheets, Michael. Thank you for making them so simple. Yeah, I'm really liking the new one. That's going to become our standard. I think it's, it's finally gelled in a way that is as simple as it can possibly be and yet takes people as deep as possible. Actually, when we get the video back from yesterday's um, Hear My Voice book club, we did that worksheet. So we'll have, soon we'll have a video with the whole uh, explanation where I go through the whole worksheet with a with someone. And it'll be right there in the on the YouTube channel as soon as we get it from Yinka. So. Yes, and I would. You've like got my messages. I well, I'm not sure. Did you just send me a message today? No, but I tried to reach you last night. I had uh, seen that you had called me, and oh, then I right. called you and a few days you ago. Get my so. little text in reply about my magic finger. I'll resend it I to have... you. It was an accident, dear heart. Okay. Jeannie, I, don't I hope think you don't I've mind me calling me. all of you, dear heart, including Michael. Not at all. That's awesome. Go for Thank it. you. I am starting to do that. I figured out at 78, the fastest way that I can start learning how to be love extending is to call everybody dear heart or dear one. And so it's it's pretty humorous sometimes, the responses I get. But people have been really kind in our little community, and they say, oh, well, she's on some kind of like, so that'll be okay. <laughs> Maybe she'll come out of it, but they're going to be surprised. <laughs> now that I have license to do that because I'm going on 79. <laughs> there you go. And also I have a comment to make, a couple of them, about what you were talking about the garden and how the big institutions, um, government and otherwise, just aren't doing business with the backyard gardens. Um, 
which is a very much very often the attitude about permaculture or any regenerative agriculture because they they have decided in their brains that oh that's just pie in the sky stuff. But anyway, the state of Oregon has an invasive weeds program, and you mentioned the last ten years we've lost sixty percent of our pollinating species or um, endangered species. And um, it reminds me of Zach Bush's um, little videos on YouTube where he has shown a distinct rise in the last 10 years, maybe 20 years, but mostly 10 years, in the rate of um, glyphosate use by big institutions and not big institutions, the backyard gardener, the backyard um, person. Um, that is just they. Your voice they is moving off that. into the distance, Celinda. So uh, your voice is moving yeah, off into the there? distance, and we're losing you. So if you could stay closer to your phone. Okay. Are you there? I'm here. Okay. Good. Can you hear me now? I got gotcha. you. Um, that the state of Oregon has a very intense invasive species program, and we are mandated to you to get rid of any invasive species. And uh, glyphosate is just used like crazy, and the state will come in and spray if you don't spray or if you don't uh, manually remove or if you don't whatever. They want to, all of these quote-unquote defined invasive species out, including you can't so do even you think, have one in your garden. Do you think and that where I'm going my, my that, question my question of that, before you go with that, my question would be, is it really about invasive species or is it really about a major political donor wanting their poison to be used? Well, it can be that too. And it's also yeah. the major economic paradigm on which the world runs that is part of an overarching paradigm um, that started at, under the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. <laughs> um, the, uh, anyway, but that's, you know, and uh, our Aramaic gospel work, so I know it's an inside job. There is a wonderful book written by an Oregon State University professor who is a permaculturalist and has done work both in the laboratory and in the field. And she uh, wrote a book called The The War on Invasive Species. And I suggest that to you, not because she is in an either-or camp, but she's just asking to bring reason to this whole process. I find it a fascinating book. So I thought I'd share it with you because we'd rather blame this particular plant than look at our own behaviors and what we have done to the land. Um, oh, yeah, it's us that have done it. The old projection game is pretty crazy. Yeah. Exactly. All the way around. So I share that with you or anybody else who's interested in regenerative agriculture, bringing back our native pollinators and bringing some sort of sanity to this whole process, that uh, that might be a book. Her name is Dal Orion. Are you there? We're here. 
Oh, good. I just heard some scratching. Uh, I thought maybe we were no. being disconnected. So the author is Dow, T-A-O, just like the Dow to Ching, uh, Dow Orion, O-R-I-O-N. And the title of the book is The War on Invasive um, Species, I believe is the name yeah, of I it. See, I see and, that one that's also the Beyond the War on Invasive Species. So just oh, looking good. it up. So up. We'll make sure to yeah, get hold of it. Well, that that book, I'll look up that other one too, and the um, and that OSU Oregon State University uh, documentary that I shared with you a while back about the symphony of life, which I had mentioned was is, has been my hands down most fond documentary about the Earth than anything I have ever. Um, seen bar none and it's the symphony of life symphony of life starts out with a hardcore scientist talking about the earth and it ends up with a little Jewish professor who is talking about the creation story and the garden of Eden and Adam and Eve and it's a delight it's a delight Cool. And, and how where where can you uh, watch that video? You know, I suspect that you could just uh, duck duck it. That's what I do. You could just find out by going online and researching. And so you don't have um, a source for it. it. Um, well, it comes out of Oregon State University. Just let me look at it real quick. Oh, if I can get it out here. Yeah, it looks like it it's looks like her book the is beyond. Of the soil. Pardon? It looks like her book is uh, beyond the war on invasive species. I don't find one that's called. Uh, it's it's actually. Um, yes, that's it. Permaculture poetry club. Yeah. Cool. Okay. It's beyond the war. Yeah, and then the symphony of the soil. Symphony of the soil is a New York Times critics pick. Uh, a documentary by Deborah Coons, K-O-O-N-S, Garcia, director of the Future for the Future of Food. And what you, was the title of web, Symphony of the Soil, and there's, it's, they have a website, www.symphonyofthesoil.com. You might be able to buy it from that. It's a great, it's, it's, I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> Are you talking about the DVD, the, a DVD of that? Is that what you're talking about? The, yeah, the, the, D, uh, yeah, the DVD of the Symphony of the Soil. I got Beyond the War on Invasive Species. I got that from eight books for four or five dollars. You know, I'm looking, I'm looking all. right now at, uh, Symphony of the Soil, $160. Somebody's what? really proud oh, of that DVD. That, Somebody's that, really proud of that Blu-ray. Uh, no, no, I paid 20 Are you sure that's not for a group showing? You know, a, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it. it. It says rent for five ninety nine. Yeah. yeah. Well, they've changed it. I'm, I'm just I saying bought the thing for there is one available. There is okay. one available on just one on eBay, and it's one hundred and sixty dollars. <laughs> so, 
Oh, Somebody really? Somebody's really proud of it. Yeah. But anyway. Oh, yeah. Well, I, you know, I, it's, it's Larry and I watch it every now and then. We share it. We watch it. It's incredible. Cool. It's worth renting for five ninety nine just to see it. But I like to watch it over and over, especially that last little five minutes with the old Jewish professor. It's sweet. Right. Awesome. So between those two, maybe we can hold the earth up, uh, support her. Well, there are a lot of people working on it, thank God. Oh, I know. It's coming. The lights are shining all over the planet, Michael and Jean. Yes. Your vision yep. of the little points coming out that you have, uh, when it's ground roots, when it's truly ground roots, that you can't stop it. It's impossible. Spirit comes out, and spirit speaks to each one of us first, is what I'm finding out. Each yes. one individually. One on one. Yeah. You remember Rock the old church? You remember the old church masses, like on Christmas Eve, where they darkened the cathedral and they light a candle. Are you breathing? I'm doing my best. It's just awesome. It's it's so awesome. Brings joy to my heart. Hmm. Sweet. I'm very I'm I, I cry easily be, out of joy. I cry when when a horse takes off in the in a race when when ballet happens. It's it's a sweet feeling. Yep. It's cleansing, you know. Tears of joy are just as cleansing as tears of pain and sorrow. I'm with you. <laughs> well, thanks for that and input. That'll uh, that'll add to our study. Thank you. And I'm enjoying all of your references about the gardening because the regeneration of the human spirit starts with our relationship to Mother Earth and our relationship to Father God. Father, Definitely Father have to heal from the ground up. Mother. That's it. That's it. And from the top down, ooh, it takes both mother and father. It really does. Absolutely. All right. I'm with you on that. (laughs) It's sunny. We're going to rock on a walk today. Nice. Nice. Well, enjoy. I'm going to be out uh, shredding leaves and uh, going in and digging up some mycelium uh, soil that we found her. To, to add to our new garden. I shredded mushrooms all over my garden last year. <laughs> now I have to find out if they're edible. Um, but we're still covered within six to eight inches of snow minimum. It's melting off. We're in our February thaw before March hits us again. And, right. Uh, there's no getting in the garden till April. So. I will uh, vicariously enjoy the garden by listening to you and Jeannie. Cool. And it looks like maybe that Symphony of the Soil is um, is available on YouTube. Oh, really? Free? It looks like it. Well, 
I'm, uh, my phone is having a little trouble accessing it, but it's showing that it's an hour and 44 minutes and 25 seconds. That's about it. That's it. And, uh, and I'm, I'm not able to start it. I've, you know, I've clicked on it, but I think because my phone's on. Oh, there it is. Symphony of the Soil. Oh, that's just a review of it, or a, a trailer. Right. Anyway, we'll keep looking. Thank you for that input. We'll well, we'll definitely okay. take a look well, at it. Yeah, because I remember I got it. I think from online. I got it from uh, buying it from the the symphonyofthesoil dot com, but I'm not sure. But hey, right. I've had this for at least ten years, if not fifteen. Yeah. Cool. All Sweet. right. Awesome. Okay, thank you. Any other thoughts for you, young lady? No, I'm not. That's what I had to share today. Thank you. I shared Appreciate some you. I shared some with I shared some with Dr. Tim, so you'll you'll hear if you if you go back and listen cool. to his show. Okay. Sweet. Okay. All right, young lady. Bye bye now. It does look like it's there it does look like it's there as a free uh, a free watch on uh, on YouTube. I just uh, just accessed it and it's running so how cool is that it's the full movie how about that it's the full movie all right full movie free all right now there's somebody who believes in what that's there's somebody that believes in what they're doing i'm just subscribing to the channel actually it looks like a channel out of india hmm well, India is popping right now, according to everything that's coming out of OSU and uh, Trees for the Future and all of those groups. By the way, did you ever contact, uh, were you ever able to contact John Leary, or did I drop the ball because somehow I was supposed to be an intermediary? No, I have not had contact with him. Mm, maybe I'll reestablish, see if I can't connect with him. He's just stepped down from directorship, and he's now in another position there. So maybe it's time for me to call, I mean, to email him and ask him, because I know he was really important as a director, and he had to get on some sort of conference call to even talk to somebody. So, yeah. All right. Awesome. If you'd like me to do that, I'll just look into it again. Sure, everything we can do to connect and uh, bring it all together. You know, if, if we don't heal from the ground up, we're in trouble. So that's really an important topic. Right. And it, that's all that free training too, Michael. You can absolutely get all of their free training if you go to the website and sign up for it. Total access. <laughs> You're talking about program. Symphony for the Soil? Trees for the Future. Their whole program that they go in field when they're invited in and villagers invite them in and it's the village, I think they've expanded out now to where they'll go to an individual farmer because they have all of these trained resource people who live there, natives, locals that live there. So they go out and train the individual farmer and they're transforming. And most of these individual farmers have one acre and that's it. And they're transforming so them from, go ahead. Trees for the future? Mm-hmm. Or just trees.org. 
either one, I'll get you there, because I think what they're using mostly now is trees.org. Cool. And you go right up and you say, how do I be, how do I access your training material? You can, it's totally free. You can download it, um, well, copy it and put it on your computer. As far as I understand, there's no, um, there's no cool. restrictions. I, I'll ask, but I'm pretty sure there's no restrictions. They believe in what they're doing. It's all free. Oh yeah, they've been working for yeah. 30 years. Started out as a little nonprofit, so that's good. Little nonprofit. Oh. Yeah, there's a uh, out behind our home. There is a uh, an old farmer's field. Now I don't know whether it's an old farm or an old field, but anyway, one of the thoughts I've had is contacting the people that own that and see if they'd be interested in making it into a national park and uh, a microforest. I think that's another big uh, move that we can make on a small scale is to create these microforests that are restoring native species, giving habitat. and So lots of things to do in the world besides our own healing work. And uh, when we put it all together, it, it grows. So thanks for being it's on the team. Networking. It's all networking. I don't care whether yes. it's... Spirit, or the land, or our communities, or our govern governances—I like to call that because uh, governments are just another bureaucratic institution. And so, you know, when we come together, when we wake up, it's going to be a—it's going to be a big party. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think we need to put into the equation. I'd, I'd like to offer too that you know, government is just a gathering of people. That's no different than any other organization. And I think sometimes we become jaded by it. I think there are a lot of really seriously uh, concerned and caring and integritous people involved in government that are doing their best to bring forward what is there to support people. Uh, And unfortunately, whatever organization, you know, ultimately any organization that has a lot of cash involved, ultimately, a lot of money. I don't care whether it's a church, whether it's a Baptist church or a Catholic church or whatever. The criminals are going to, or or the government, the criminals are going to move toward where the money is and do their best to take it over. So we hear all kinds of, you know, derogatory things about this church or that church or the evangelicals or the Catholics or what have you, or this government or that government. And yeah, unfortunately, money attracts criminals. So there is that element. But there's also, I think, a powerful element of really good, decent, caring people in every one of those organizations that are looking to uh, to bring forward the best. And that's right. And when we get our clarity of perception and we are operating from that decency, honesty, and integrity place that we see them and we feel them and it's a heart to heart and Christ mind to Christ mind and they change. It's community, it's family. Yes. And the blocks are all smoke and mirrors. All right, young lady, well, I appreciate you. I did get your note, and it clarified some things, and thank you for that donation. That will help. We're we're uh, putting together funding for a new roof on one of the buildings at Heartland and uh, getting ready for a summer season. So thank you for that support. Well, that's, that's appreciated. That's why, 
why I sent it because it was what we could do. So, um, fabulous. And, and I'd, I'd rather do that than um, buy something. <laughs> All right. Well, either way works for support. So, appreciation. Yeah, very good. All right. I'll All right. Take care. Bless for you. that new digital phone, uh, digital book. Okay. Blessings. Bye bye. All right. Blessings. Bye bye. All right, so Miss Janie, we've got about 17 or 18 minutes left. We Anyone have in the phone queue with a hand up? Uh, there are several people um, in the chat room and several people on the switchboard. And I just actually got a text. I was checking on Sarah. You know, she's part of our. Um, Mind Shifters group, and she has tested positive for COVID again, so I was checking with her earlier to see how she was doing. Based for her, she said not too bad, sleeping and resting a lot and doing a lot of prayer sheets, which is what she calls the wake-up sheets. Cool. Well, we'll hold the space for her, extending love in her direction and in the direction of anyone else with challenges. Do we have anybody else in the phone queue with a hand up? Do we no. have time? Yes, Somebody let's talk one. about oh, it. You were looking for that other A Course in Miracles thing. Did you find it? Yes, I did. I got it to open. Okay. So our call-in number, if you're on one of those stations that we can't see in our control panel is 563-999-3581. If you call that number, you'll be listening to the show. And if you push one, then we'll be having a conversation. Gina will introduce you by your area code. So let's talk about it. What's on your mind? 563-999. Three five eight one. Otherwise, let's take a look at. Uh, do you have a thought for us, Jeannie? No, I was just going to say no. There's no hands up and no question in the chat room, so I'd just say go for it. Do it. All right. So the um, this particular uh, piece of information that. Uh, it comes from the course, talks about the idea of each teacher is a teacher in order to be a student, and that's so true. It's like, as opposed to coming from a space of the teacher has all knowledge and someone else doesn't, the teacher acquires knowledge and awareness by teaching if they're really teaching something that's true and alive. Now, of course, you can take something from a book and you can put it in your head and be wrote and you can put it out to another. But the real root of the word education is educarian. It means to draw out, not to put in. So the Course speaks of it this way. When people and teacher come together, 
a teaching-learning situation begins. For the teacher is not really the one who does the teaching. The creator's teacher speaks to any two who join together for learning purposes. In other words, once you join with another, there is a level of energy that enters that relationship that will guide and teach within that relationship. Because I'm saying you're not two selves in conflict for what is beyond the creator. If you who hold him and he holds, pardon me, whom he holds are the universe, all else must be outside where nothing is. In other words, we're, if we're stuck in that illusion, if we're living in that illusion, then we're stuck. Whatever we think is outside of us, it's, we think that because we've bought into this perceptual game that disconnects us, that our eyes see falsely, our ears don't hear correctly. And when we get back to true connection, and I love how Einstein says, he says, if you think you're separate or separated from the rest of humanity, you're living in an optical delusion. So it's not beyond yourself. So each teacher-learner has gratitude and has joined with yours and the creators to strengthen your faith in what you taught. For what you taught is true. Alone you stand outside your teaching and apart from it. But with others you must learn that you but taught yourself and learn from the conviction you shared with them. To me, one of the awesome gifts of this radio show is that we get to connect with so many minds that have done so much work in so many directions that we've never thought of. And each time someone steps in with a question or a thought, it opens a whole new perspective and a whole new possibility in comprehending this wholeness. And I think we are, as humans, designed to be able to comprehend wholeness. We tend to get stuck in that little self, but we're really designed, you know, this this latest telescope that they put up there that's just showing this universes beyond universes beyond universes, beyond comprehension for our little habit minds. But when we step outside of that, when we forgive and let loose of our attachment to that separated mind, then comes a mind that has a level of understanding and a level of comprehension that's beyond anything we've ever imagined. So the teaching is a teaching of self, really. The lesson goes on to say, this year you'll begin to learn and make learning commensurate with teaching. You have chosen this by your own willingness to teach. Though you seem to suffer for it, the joy of teaching will yet be yours. For the joy of teaching is in the learner who offers it to the teacher in gratitude and shares with him or her. 
as you learn your gratitude to self who teaches you what he is will grow and help you honor him and you will learn his power and strength and purity and love as the creator does so it's it's like putting on a new suit of clothes it's putting on a new mind a mind that doesn't have limits that doesn't have an end a mind that is totally and completely perfect and eternal and you know the, what this particular lesson says is all this is you and nothing outside of this is you you are the learner ultimately the creator is the teacher do not confuse your role with his for this will not bring peace to anyone offer your empathy to him for it is his perception his strength that you would share and let the creator offer you the strength that is truly yours when we live in separation we live in littleness we live in an optical delusion that comprehends nothing that wants to comprehend everything but comprehends nothing it's not until we open to that other mind and we're willing to let go of perception we're willing to let go of memory you know it's it's to to trust rather than leaning on the strength of your own perceptual apparatus and to attempt through carbon-based memory to remember everything you need to remember to understand is trusting in littleness and how much more powerful is it if we actually turn and trust in the mind of love literally in the mind of the creator rather than our own carbon-based memory rather than the mind of man feeding back its rote memory lessons as though they were true rather than a record of something that happened in the past and a record of something that happened in the past while it might be useful is not alive in the present and what we're looking to do with this work come into actual life in the present moment not depending on something from the past but trusting in the present trusting that this mind that is in us that's greater than memory is there and available and will offer its strength its corrections and a higher level of perception than carbon-based memory ever thought of and to even fully trust in words is a mistake because if we try to encapsulate something in a word we have to leave something of the eternal of the universal out and to of course 
we, we constantly attempt to put into words what our direct experience is, but then simply hearing words where the work isn't being done. You know, somebody hears somebody else explain something, they go, oh, wow, that's really cool, and they get some sort of a, a mental boost from it. But how much more power is there in it if we have personal experience of that understanding, personally experienced, rather than through words? The words can be great. They can guide us. You know, if we use words for a purpose they're not designed for, we're in trouble. And words were not meant to convey experiences. Words were, con are the, the, the limit of words, my take, is the limit of words is they can give us instructions on how to move into that experience, how, you know, the how to get there. But the experience doesn't come from somebody else's words or somebody else's descriptor. And that's why so much of the focus of this work is on collapsing the perceptual mind, collapsing the mind from the past and making room, making space. You know, the Course talks about a clean and open space within the mind, making space for the direct experience. And each time, you know, that, that forgiveness is engaged in and carbon-based memories constructs collapse it's like a moment of a near-life experience. You know, if you read the accounts of people who've had what are called by the world near-death experiences where they clinically died, if you read them, what you realize is that they're not near-death experiences at all. They're near-life experiences. Living in one's mind means one's already dead. And when carbon-based memory and its output collapses because clinical death occurs, then the being that we are, the created essence that we are, has an opportunity to have a direct experience of who we are in this universe. And then if one happens to be resuscitated, come back from clinical death, if you start reading those stories, it's powerful to look at. Yes, Jeannie? Oh, okay, cool. Well, Miss Jeannie just told me that Terry Bowling is with us. Terry is going to be guiding our our construction projects, the work we're going to do at Heartland this summer. So, and many of you met Terry. He's been a couple of years at Heartland back a uh, hmm, decade or so ago. Terry, how do you be? Good. Awesome. Okay? What's on your mind today? Hey, Jeannie, just. Hello. Mm -hmm. Terry, yeah. well, so, uh, I was just saying hello. So what's on your mind, Terry? How do you be? What is on my mind is any information experience that you have around neuropathy. Well, we've got we've had two direct experiences with neuropathy and changing the dynamics of it. One of them was with Jeannie's dad. And actually when we first got the Beamer 
back about, geez, I don't know, seven years ago, we came through Bristol and visited Jeannie's dad, and his toes were turning black due to diabetic neuropathy. He had a lot of tingling and pain in his feet and his legs, and uh, they were talking about amputating toes because of black toe from neuropathy. And uh, about a week, we put him on the Beamer a couple times a day for a week, and the black toe disappeared. The pink color came back to his toes. They stopped you know, the conversation about that, and he did like you know much much better. And then when we got the Beamer, or pardon me, when we got the Avison, it got to the point where the tingling in his feet disappeared, where he was only able to sit for maybe 20 or 25 minutes. He could sit for two hours. We'd play dominoes in the morning, and, and I'd say, Dad, how are your feet doing? Oh, oh, I haven't even thought about them. They're fine. Whereas before the uh, the Avison, he would be, oh, uh, 20, 30 minutes, and that was it. And then Patrick McGann, the naturopath who introduced me to the Beamer, or pardon me, to the Avison, he could do about two hours of work a day and in the morning, and then he would have to be off his feet, and he'd be in excruciating pain for the rest of the day. About And the thing that got my attention with the Avison was that about just a, a few weeks into that, Patrick tells me, I'm up and on my feet for five hours, and I don't have excruciating pain. I can only work for about five hours, but I'm, I can you know, put my feet up. I'm not in excruciating pain. And now Patrick regularly shares with me he does 10, 12, 14-hour days with no problem with his feet. So they're the direct experience we've got with what you do with that. And, of course, uh, oftentimes sugar is involved, sugar bubbles and And there was also we're just about a, to point, Terry. Go ahead, Jean. Show's going to cut us used, off any second. Uh, there's, a, there's a natural neuropathy rubbing oil that's actually just frankincense and myrrh, and we use that as well. Right. And the show's going to cut us off, so Terry, I'll, I'll call you back. Great. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Have You're a welcome. blessed one. Bye-bye.